Hey there, everyone. It's uh, David Barnett from the Invest Local blog site and YouTube channel at davidcbarnett.com, where I talk about buying and selling businesses and you know local investing, personal wealth issues related to entrepreneurs and and really you know systems, things, how to run a better business, and anything else that people want to ask me about. Today, I'm making uh, this audio recording, and it's about valuing online businesses. And the reason why I've, I've, I wanted to make this one is because just in the last two weeks, I've had a couple of different clients, online business owners come to me looking for help on putting a price on their business. And I've also had uh, several clarity calls from people who want to talk about, you know, looking at what a business might be worth that they're looking to buy, etc. And I thought that it would be a very good time to do a video about this because there's a lot of misunderstanding out there in the world, even in the world of people who value businesses. I've, I've actually had to look at a valuation report that was put together by someone for an online business that didn't earn any money, but the report still insisted that the business was somehow worth a million dollars, which, which I'm, as I'm going to explain to you, just isn't quite possible. So first of all, I want to address Businesses that are online that are making money of some sort. And so what this means is that we're not talking about pre-revenue startups, which is another whole ball of wax. In fact, when I'm done this recording, I'm going to make a recording about valuing pre-revenue uh, online startups. I won't call them businesses because they lack the most important thing that I feel a business has. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. Um, and so you can tune in next week and hear that one. So the online business, what makes an online business any different from a real world business, like a retail store or, or a service business or, or something like this? In my mind, not a heck of a lot, except if... It's something that could be scaled up to an enormous, you know, capacity uh, to serve millions upon millions of people without an equivalent increase in the resources that, uh, you know, so if you had a 10 million percent increase in sales, you wouldn't have a 10 million percent increase in costs. Okay, so so that's that's like the holy grail. That's your your Facebook, you know, your YouTube, your Amazon, etc. Grow the business enormously without an equivalent increase in costs, and then you can have this enormously growing money machine. So, what though is a business? Because this is something I want to re re reiterate, and I've talked about it before on other recordings and in my online courses and my workshops that I do with people that are you know live in person. So, basically, a business is three things that work together capital, people, and a place, they work together to produce a cash flow. Now, if that cash flow is less to the owner, the total amount of money they get as an owner is less than what they would get if they went out and got a job doing the same work for somebody else, then I don't use the word business to describe that thing going on. Okay. Uh, if you work hard at something and you don't get paid what your labor is worth, it is not a business. What you own is a hobby. Okay. So guys who sit in their basement building model railroads and, you know, playing with trains, they, they are not earning money. They know that they're spending money doing something that gives them pleasure. 
right? So they know they're involved in a hobby. But I meet a lot of people who are in business who don't earn what they could earn working for somebody else. And they're horrified when I tell them that they don't have a business, they have a hobby. Now, if you work at something and the cash flow available to you as the owner-operator is equivalent to what you would earn if you uh, worked for somebody else, then again, you still do not have what I would call a business. You own what is termed a job. So you run into this a lot when you're talking about solo tradespeople, you know, like the plumber who works by himself, maybe with a helper or the, you know, the guy who swings a hammer, he works on roofs, does small renovation jobs. And at the end of the year, you know, probably ends up with the same amount of money that he would earn if he worked, you know, under a contractor, but he enjoys freedom. I mean, there's certain benefits to doing that. But if you're just earning in your business what you would get in a job, then you own a job. You don't earn a business. If if you're able to pay yourself the same salary that a stranger would pay you for what you do every day, and then there's other profit left over at the end of the day to represent you know, profit to you as an investor over and above the money you earn as a worker in your business, now we're talking about a business, okay, a real bona fide business in in my eyes anyway. So whether the business is in the real world, like a retail store or a service business or what have you, or whether it is in the internet, okay, it, it doesn't really matter a heck of a lot because if you're going to sell that business, right, the buyer of the business has to be able to see how they're going to do three things out of the cash flow that the business provides, they have to be able to pay themselves a salary. They've got to be able to service any debt they take on to buy the business. And they also have to get a return on the cash that they invest in buying the business. So they've got to be able to do those three things out of the total cash flow, what we call the seller's discretionary earnings. So if you have an online business that you think that you want to sell, or if you're a buyer looking at one of these businesses, then you have to ask yourself, who is going to buy this business? Because unless you have one of those, you know, software as a service type businesses, which is ultimately scalable, where the same 50 people that built the thing, whether they serve a thousand clients or a million, it's still the same 50 people working. Unless you have something like that and you have scaled it, so you've proven the cash flow is there, then the buyer of your business, if they, you know, look at the track record or results, they're going to say, okay, if I buy this business, I'm going to be the guy doing the work. What's the cash flow going to be? How does this make sense, right? How am I going to be able to pay myself a salary, etc.? And what ends up happening is that the businesses, whether they're online or not, get valued the same way that real world businesses always have been. And what's worse about online businesses than real world businesses, if you want to compare an online retailer to, say, a local pizzeria, right, is that the local pizzeria, obviously competitive things can change. There can be competitors move in, you know, neighboring businesses could close, meaning there aren't as many customers around or what have you. Bad things can happen. With the, with the online world, someone like Google could change the algorithm that drives customers to the website, and all of a sudden you could have a massive decline in sales that's completely unforeseen, right? So the risks in the online business 
can be even greater than the risks in the real world business. And in the real world, we often have capital assets and equipment and things that could be liquidated. So, you know, a buyer who buys a business, if it doesn't work out, there's always that plan B, you know, how do they get out with at least some money, right? In a lot of these online businesses, unless they're a seller of goods with an inventory in stock, um, you know, there's really not much there that could ever be sold. There's like a used computer and some website properties and things like this. So what I have seen is that businesses, whether they're online or not, are still selling in the same value range as real world businesses when they are in fact small to medium sized businesses. It doesn't actually matter if it's online or not. All that matters at the end of the day is the cash flow. What is the cash flow and what is someone going to be willing to pay for that? And of course, that's going to be determined by the level of risk that somebody perceives in that business. Now, if you've been listening to my audios or watching my videos for a while, you've probably also heard me talk about how people don't generally sell profitable businesses. There's this notion or idea of the big cash out liquidity event where people sell their business and get walk away with millions of dollars because businesses sell for such relatively low um, valuations. Most people will look at it and go, geez, if I just kept the business for the next two or three years, I would have the same money. So why would I sell? And the answer is always the same. People sell small businesses that good, profitable, small businesses because of pressing personal needs or concerns. So we're talking about divorce, retirement, poor health, the need to relocate or burnout and fatigue. And so it's been what since the, the mid nineties that the internet has really been ubiquitous. It's been since the mid to late nineties that people have figured out everyday people have figured out how to make money online by selling stuff or you know, by doing intellectual property things like what I do, you know, selling online courses, that kind of stuff, ebooks. And so we've now been in it long enough that there are beginning to be people who are getting burned out, tired, losing interest, etc., in the online business that they have built. And they have a legitimate personal reason for wanting to sell it. And this is why I believe that I'm finally starting to see more of these deals coming across my desk because, you know, the businesses have been there, but like I said, people don't go looking to sell unless they have a need to sell because guess what? People want the revenue. That's why people get into business because they need a cash flow to provide themselves a paycheck. It just makes sense, doesn't it? Anyway, I hope that that gives some idea about, you know, sort of the online business space when people look at these super huge companies that are selling in Silicon Valley, Valley for millions upon millions of dollars, see, I don't even call them businesses. I call them speculative ventures. And, and I think that the best way to, to relate that in your own mind is if you think about an oil company, you know, that owns a refinery and turns oil into gasoline versus um, a junior wildcat oil drilling company, okay? So the oil company buys oil, produces gasoline, they have customers, and every month they're turning oil into gasoline, and every month they're selling it, and every month they're paying their employees, and every month they have a profit. The wildcat oil field drillers 
they go out there and punch a hole in the ground in the hopes of finding oil, right? So they amass capital, they borrow money, they get investors, etc. They buy the equipment, they go out there and they drill a hole and they keep their fingers crossed. They hope that they hit oil. That is the kind of way that you should be looking at some of these big internet, you know, stories like these guys put tons of investment in. They attract all these angel investors, venture capitalists, etc. They're all putting more and more and more equity into these things. And why not debt? Because they have no cash flow. No one will lend the money. They wouldn't be able to demonstrate how they could service debt. So it's all going to be equity. They're selling shares in the hopes of one day building something that can make money. So Facebook, for instance, for years uh, didn't make money. It used up money and they built themselves bigger and bigger and bigger. And only in the last few years have they really figured out how to turn their social platform into a money making thing that, you know, through the advertising and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know what? The risk that investors took has paid off because they've been successful, but it's only when they start to produce that cash flow that I would consider them a business like the oil company before that. They were more like the people drilling for oil in hopes of finding it. Anyway, if you find my stuff interesting, if you want to learn more, and especially if you want to go out and buy yourself a business, you should be taking my online course at businessbuyeradvantage.com where you can learn the intelligent, safe, practical way to buy, analyze, find, make a deal, negotiate, etc. for a small to medium sized business and make yourself a good deal and not get into trouble. And if you haven't already go to davidcbarnett.com, sign up for my email list. The people on my list get all of my new recordings and videos before they go public. So you get my stuff earlier and you also get notices of live events, etc. This summer and fall, I'm going to be all over the place, Orlando, New York city, Toronto, and St. John's, Newfoundland. Find out if, you know, if I'm going to be somewhere close to you, come on out and see me live. It's always a great evening or, you know, daytime as it, as it may be. I'd love to meet you. DavidCBarnett.com. We'll see you later. Bye.